All right. Well, good morning. Good to see you this morning. Thank you for being here in the house of the Lord. We're going to get started with a word of prayer and see what the Lord has for us this morning. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship and to praise you. Lord, I do ask that you would just be with us in this service. Speak to our hearts as only you can. Lord, I ask if there's one here that isn't saved, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, Holy Spirit of God, work in their hearts. Lord, I do ask that you would uh, just guide and direct me with Brother Harlan as he preaches this morning. Anoint him with uh, your Holy Spirit power. Lord, and uh, I will give you all the praise and the glory and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. Let's all uh, get a hymnal. We'll turn to page number seven this morning. Let's all stand on this first song if we would.
worship this morning. Just welcome everybody here. Amen. Let's turn to page number 187 this morning then. He is Lord, page 187.
do appreciate each and every one of you being out this morning. It's good to see visitors in our crowd this morning. Uh, you are an honored guest, and please, if there's anything we can do to be a help and a blessing to you, let us know. Uh, we want to be a blessing to you this morning. It's uh, good to have visitors come from yard sales. Miss Mona told me, she said, these are some visitors that came from my yard sale, and that's good to be a witness and uh, uh, invite folks to church wherever you're at, whether it's at home or uh, in the marketplace or whatever, but invite folks to church, and I do appreciate that. And I'm looking forward to this morning's service, Brother Harlan Barnett's uh, missionary evangelist. He's a, he's a, a great friend uh, to me. He's been a friend to this church. Uh, I know our church has supported him for many years, and uh, I, I love Brother Barnett and his family. Uh, wish his wife was here. She's not feeling well, so you pray for her. And uh, But she's what makes him look good. And so uh, um, I, I'm not sure if I'll, I should have him with her not being here, but uh, since he's already here, we'll go ahead and have him. Uh, but uh, I do appreciate Brother Harlan. He's been such a good friend to me and encouragement to me. I know uh, anytime I'd ever need to ask him any questions or have help or anything, he's always there to, to be a, a counselor to me. And uh, to this church, I know going through a transition, uh, uh, he was a blessing to our church. So I love this, this man of God. And if you listen uh, and uh, open your Bibles and you'll open your hearts, allow God to speak to you, I promise you, you'll get a blessing this morning. He's going to come and sing, and that's not where the blessing's coming. It's from the preaching, but you come, Brother Harlan. I love Brother Ricky in spite of the mean things he says about me. I've learned an old preacher taught me one time, he said, never respond to criticism. He said, humility wins every time. That's what he said. So I'm going to be good, Brother Ricky. <laughs> I love being around your preacher. He said, well, I'll, I'll tend to you later. <laughs> when I don't have to be humble. <laughs> I just keep trusting my Lord as I walk along. I just keep trusting my Lord and He gives us song. Though the storm clouds darken the sky or the heavenly trail, I just keep trusting my Lord. He will never fail. He's a faithful friend. Such a faithful friend I can count on him To the very end Though the storm clouds Dark in the sky Or the heavenly trail I just keep trusting my Lord Yes, he's a faithful friend Such a faithful That's why I need my wife. She can be up here playing the piano while I'm doing all that stuff. Do pray for her. Um, it's been a while since I've been to see you. And I'm sure that probably some of you have saw on Facebook or maybe read the newsletter, but she's had back surgery since our last visit. And it was kind of a surprise to us. Um, she'd had problems for well over a year that she just having back pain. They call it kidney stones. They call it everything. And uh, they were trying, uh, no discredit to the medical profession. You know, they have their limitations. They do all they can do for you. But uh, <clears throat> it was a tumor on the spine. Of course, you know my wife's history. She has a history of cancer. 
course, that scared us to death. Uh, large tumor on the spine, and they surgically removed it. It was benign, praise the Lord. Uh, but they still had to get that thing out of there. And it was very evasive. So she's now got two rods, five screws in the spine. And so uh, she's on her way back, you know, uh, from back surgery, uh, trying to make a full recover. But with you folks who've had back surgery, you know, nothing short of a miracle is going to get you a full recovery. That's just the way that works. And so uh, we're, she's doing better, progressively getting better, but she's got a ways to go. And so uh, she's been traveling with me some and had every plan of being here today because she loves you people. Um, but not going to happen today. Today's her birthday. And so uh, <clears throat> I'm going to try to get back and see if, see if we can get her to the point where we can at least go out and have lunch. <laughs> so anyway, continue to pray for her. Thank you for your support. You folks have been so faithful to our ministry. I got so much I could tell you. I got just a, a minimum amount of time here this morning. I, want, I, got, a, I got a message I want to I get uh, to you. I'll give you a project that you and I have done together to kind of whet your appetite until I can get back and tell you more. But our good friends in Cartersburg, Cartersburg Community Church, decided that it was uh, to the best interest of, of their work to close the doors. Uh, they prayed long and hard about that. And I never like to see the doors of a church closed. Uh, but they called me and said, Brother Harlan, we know that you are now into missions warehousing. And we know that you have access to a place where we could put our stuff back into the Lord's work. And the people of Cartersburg, that when they bought things, they bought nice things. And there's several, several thousand dollars worth of equipment, church furniture, and so on there. Uh, at Cartersburg Community Church. And they said, can you get this to the Western Warehouse? I said, let me make a phone call or two. So I called the, the richest guys I know. And I say, can you write the check and rent a truck to haul a church west? And the uh, first guy I called said, we can do it. So we wrote a check for just short of $5,000, we've got the biggest truck we could find to put all the furniture in Carsburg Community Church in it. And we, we took it to the Western Warehouse. It is available, and some of it's already in churches throughout the West, uh, the Northwestern United States, uh, being used by missionaries who otherwise would not have had it. Nice copier, two beautiful pianos, uh, Nice poly tables and chairs. Uh, my, I just, I could, I, we got their whole library. Uh, just lots of material. And so it's just a blessing. Desks, office chairs, so on and so forth. So that's not what I did. That's what you and I did together. Of course, what he did first and foremost. We know that. We're co-laborers together with God. But God has to set all that up. And it's important that you and I and get involved. Thank you for not, if you're not a go missionary, you're a co-missionary. You know, if you, if you don't go, then you're a co-laborer and helping someone else go. And thank you for being, and you know, you can't have one without the other. They are, they are joined together and inseparable in the program of God. No, there's no one more important than the other either. And so thank you for be, doing your portion. Uh, <clears throat> going to be uh, in Proverbs chapter number 3. We probably don't even have to turn. Probably don't have to even turn there because most of you have this scripture memorized. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord. I tell you what, let's just say it together. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this promise from the word of God that you would actually direct our paths 
And Lord, we depend upon that every day. Many do not. There was a time in my life when I did not. Many people do not depend upon you to direct their path. But Lord, those of us who do know how important it is. Now, Lord, I pray that you give us a new meaning and new understanding of the content of this verse based upon what you bring through your servant today. Help us now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I think of this one word. It says, with all thine heart, you're supposed to trust in the Lord, lean not to thine own understanding, and in all thy ways, do what? That's the key to the whole thing right there. In all thy ways, that means, and brother, there's a bunch of those. You start thinking about that, the list is endless. How many different directions could we have gone on the decisions that we've already made this morning? But God said, in all thy ways, do what? Acknowledge. Acknowledge. Now, what's that word mean? It means to accept. Don't reject it. Don't reject God. Accept God into all that you do. Never say no. Never. Are you listening real good? There is not a good reason to say no to God on any basis, on any level. Why? Because God is always in your corner wanting the best for you. Now, he may offer you some things that are scary and bring apprehension to your life, but never say no. Always say yes to God. I can go back to the, and you can too. Those of us who have been saved for a while, we can go back to the places where it was a pivotal place in our life and where we had to decide whether we're going to do what we want to do, where we're going to do what God wants us to do. And in the places where we did what we thought we should do, in many cases it didn't turn out so good, did it? But in the areas when we did obey the Lord and we said yes, we accepted Him, we acknowledged Him, I'm going to tell you it's 100% success rate. You don't fail. Now, you may feel like you're failing. Why? Because all the demons of hell are leashed on you, unleashed on you. When you obey God, I'm going to tell you, you're going to get some resistance. <laughs> and you may say, well, this is not paying off like the Bible said. Oh, it is. You just hang in there. It's coming around. The devil's never won against God. He's never. Never, ever, ever. Never will he ever do it. God may look like the underdog from time to time, but he is not. He will always be almighty. Almighty. I struggled with acknowledging God in all my ways all the way up to the age of 21. I found myself on an emergency room stretcher at the age of 21. Bad health had my undivided attention. Up until that point, I'd said no to God. No, no, no. Now, I was raised in a Christian environment. I had a good praying mother. I had a dad that loved God. They carried me to church. I was familiar with preachers. From the very first day I went to church, I knew, I, even though I didn't understand what those preachers were talking about, I can remember before I could actually discern what church was all about, I knew that these people were serious about whatever they were talking about. I knew that. 
And as I grew up, I learned more about the Bible, and I, then I began to know what they were talking about and knew there was a reason to be serious about it because there's two places that you can go at the end of this life, and that's what the bottom line to what church is all about. Can't get some agreement there? This thing ain't rocket science. We're here today trying to figure out if we've done what we're supposed to do to keep from going to hell. Don't you think, really? Honestly? I mean, if we want to we boil it all down, that's why people go to church. And we want to make sure that heaven is our home. And I come to the conclusion, I knew what I needed to do, but I didn't know if I wanted to buy into it or not. And I had youth as my defender. All the world needed was me. <laughs> you ever feel that way? Nod your little Baptist heads up and down. That's right. You used to be that way. I mean, if the, I mean, this is my world and everybody else was living in it. I didn't know if I... You know, and I'd had some experiences with some people of the faith, and they were genuine people of the faith. They loved God as much as anybody ever loved God, but they did not suit me. I like men's men. You know? I like men worked hard, chopped trees down, built houses, run bulldozers. I like things with power. And anything less than that was sissy. So if a preacher got up and preached the word, and he and he he got his, you know, means of of surviving through preaching the word, that's not a man. He gets his money out of an offering plate. That didn't sit well with me. I would, and I looked around and I thought, well, he's he's. These people can do better than this. I mean, they come to church and they listen to somebody yell at them, trying to convince them of something they're not sure about. And then they come down to an altar and then some of them cry. Boy, you're talking about being messed up. I was in foul shape with God. But sitting, or not sitting, but laying on a stretcher in an emergency room tends to make you view things differently. Sometimes God has to knock the starch out of you. And so I was laying there looking up at the ceiling, and the Holy Ghost of God was dealing with my heart, put me under severe conviction. Because I was preparing to die. And I said, Lord, being as you've put it this way. Being as we're, we're having to come to grips with this situation and the way that I'm dealing with this in my life now, I, I believe I'm going to reconsider. And I said, Lord... If you'll forgive me for being so dumb. If you'll forgive me for the mess that I've made of my life. Whatever the rest of it consists of, whether it's five minutes or five days. I said, you, you got the rest of it if you'll forgive me. That was 43 years ago. Didn't have my wife then. God blessed me after that. Blessed me with a wife. Blessed me with two kids. I got a grandbaby now. That was May the 14th, 1974. God's been good. And you know why? God's good whether or not you and I are not are or not. 
But you know why God, you know why God showed up in such a good way in my life? It's a very simple thing. I said, yes. I acknowledged him. <clears throat> we can try to figure out a way to God other than that, but there is no other way to God. Yes, God, I accept you and the way that you have given me to come to you. No one's ever said yes outside of yes to God outside of saying yes to his darling son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and that comes out of the same Bible. No man cometh in the Father but by me, Jesus said. So we've got to say yes to him. Boy, I said no for a lot of years. Said no, said no to a lot of wonderful things. But in 1974, I did the most powerful thing I'd ever done in, up until that point, and I've never done anything more powerful since. I did the most powerful thing that I've ever done in my life. A three-letter three little word called yes. I acknowledged God, made him a part of my life. And through Jesus Christ, my soul was saved. And when that happened, I tapped into some stuff. I tapped in, Pastor, I tapped into some stuff. I had no idea. I'd watch these other people that I saw coming down crying before the Lord, and I'm thinking, these sissies. No, they, they were coming down tapping into the powers, what they were doing. <laughs> I got to think about them old preachers up there that are preaching and, and waving their arms like they got into a hornet's nest. You know, I'm thinking, well, my goodness, what's wrong with that man? He's tapped into the power. The power. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8 says, you shall receive what? Power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. I'd never experienced having any effect upon people in my life. I mean, Brother Ricky, I just walked into a room of sinners. I'm just another sinner. But after I got saved and they found out about it, I walk into a room of those sinners and, boy, they get quiet. It was, was it because of me? No, it's because of the power God had on my life already. The power. The power. You have spirit power. Now, God will, God, God will uh, assign more power to us in various areas and in different levels the more that we use it properly. Some people, won't not, they're going live, to live and die on this earth as Christians and are not going to have much power. Why? Because they don't use it right. But if we'll go forth with the power of God, with the, with the goal of winning people to Jesus Christ and helping them to escape hell and making heaven their home, I'm telling you, there's no limit to the power of God that can be on our lives. That's our job. We're not here to straighten people out. We're, we're supposed to get people to the one who can. have spirit power. Boy, tapped into the most powerful thing that I've ever heard. You also, when you, when you get the power of God, you not only have spirit power, but you also have praying power. Boy, these last two or three years, I, I don't know how it is with you folks, but the older I get, I keep waiting for a better, I, I, an easier year. <laughs> yeah, it it's, it's can't be this this can't be this rough all the time. But the last three years, I've been saying it just the opposite. This is the hardest year I've ever spent serving God. This year, no exception. And you know the only thing that keep you in the race? Praying power. Praying power. You're going to have to pray your way through this thing. Obstacles. That will do you in. 
There just won't be a hindrance. I'm finding myself, Vicki and I are finding ourselves in the midst of obstacles that will do us in. And you pray your way through them. Pray in power cannot be substituted by anything. The most powerful thing that you can do is obey the Spirit of God and pray. We've saw some, we've saw some hurdles knocked down over the last two or three years. There's no answer to it, but the power of God just came through. And he'll give you not only praying power, he'll give you staying power. The only way we'll stay in the race is to have the power of God allotted to our lives. And he'll give us that perseverance through the work of the Spirit. And we'll continue on. That's the omnipotence of God. I tapped into it back in 1974, brother. Didn't know I was going to get all that. I tapped, in, I tapped into the omniscience of God back in 1974. I had all kinds of questions I couldn't answer. Still got a lot. But you know what? I have full confidence that if I'll seek the face of God. Now, it just depends on how much you want to seek Him. Just depends on how much you want to get in this book. It just depends on how much you want to seek wise counsel from those who have been in this book and live Christian life. But there is no question that cannot be answered through God. I tapped into the omniscience of God. I have that confidence. There's no problem too hard. God can solve. God has the solution. You and I has to, have to be very persistent. He said, well, God won't answer my question. Well, he just ain't going to ride it across the sky. That's not the way it works. You get in and you dig in the word of God and you pray and ask God to give you a verse or ask him to lead you to someone who's been through what you're dealing with and they give you the, and all of a sudden when it happens, it'll be as crystal clear. He said, duh, why didn't I see that? I tapped into the omniscience of God. And I tell you what, something else I tapped into. I tapped into the omnipresence of God. Back in 1974, I had no fellowship with the supernatural anything. It was all me. And that's really, I was happy that way. Until the meaning of life was challenged. And we have a lot of folks in this world that the meaning of life is challenged and they have no fellowship with anybody other than themselves. I'm going to tell you, when the meaning of your life is challenged, you need some fellowship with the supernatural. When you don't know what your purpose is, you better ask God, why am I here to get some answers? Because everybody, there's two things everybody needs in this life. You need to be loved. And you need to be appreciated. And if you don't have any meaning as to why you're supposed to be here, you don't think you're appreciated. But if you can do some things to help others with the purpose that God's placed on your heart and on your mind and in your life, you've got some self-worth. Notice I didn't say self-righteousness. That's, no, 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 no. No, it can, that's, they're, they're second cousins, you know. We can let self-worth cross over a line, a razor's edge. I mean, there's just a razor's edge between, but you got to know that God's going to do something with you to have self-worth. You don't ever want to become self-righteous, though. Because God can get along real good without you. Yeah, he, he wouldn't wring in his hands before I got to this world. <laughs> no, he had it in full control before I ever got here. Bottom line is, the old farmer says, he ain't hooked on to my wagon. I'm hooked on to his. <laughs> That's the way this thing is. You know, there's a lot of people asking God to hook on to their wagon. 
And there's a real problem. It's not about you. It's about God. Now, when you make it about God, then it becomes about you. Because God loves you. I wrote a poem. It's best to say yes. The Lord comes a calling in certain days of our life. His voice so distinct above the noise and strife. The nudging and urging is all for the best. When the Lord comes a calling, it's best to say yes. The first time the Lord came a calling my way, twas the call to salvation. What a wonderful day. Through Christ there's forgiveness if sins we confess. When the Lord comes a calling, it's best to say yes. The next time he came to bid me a greeting, he interrupted my prayer while in a prayer meeting. It's your turn to go, my word to express. When the Lord comes a calling, it's best to say yes. He comes the more the farther I go, these biddings and callings, his will to first show. Though we may fear when put to this test, when the Lord comes a calling, it's best to say yes. When years are waning and the good deeds be said, don't let us, uh, don't let us forget that they all hung on a thread. There's only one thing that led to any success. When the Lord came a calling, it was that little word, yes. We'll never know this side of glory, how the Lord wrote the pages of our life story, but one thing for sure, we will not have to guess. When the Lord came a calling, it was best to say yes. All your life's achievements in the Lord's work all hung on a thread. All you had to do is say no. It was passed on, that opportunity is passed on to somebody else, or maybe not even get none. I look back at my own life, and I remember those times when the Lord brought decisions my way, and things hung in the balance. I wish I could report to you today that I've always said yes. But I will say this. The greatest things that have ever happened in my life are the result of saying that little word yes to God. Don't be afraid to say yes. The fear of the unknown causes us to say no. And I've said it on occasion, and you have, we all have. But who would have thought? Folks, I, I was raised up in a culture that might as well have been on another planet. If you, if you, if you live back in the hills of East Tennessee, as far as I was raised back in there, or some of the other people here, some of you folks, you know what that culture is. You're probably not going to come out of there. You're probably going to live and die right there in the midst of that culture, and I'll not bother you with all the bad things of that culture. There were a lot of them. But because of some people saying yes to God, I was moved to a better place. This little hillbilly boy probably would have been making meth. Uh, you know, that's what it's transpired. It used to be moonshine now, now it's there now, and it's meth. I, it, was, it, would have been a bad, it would have been a bad life for me. Because some people said yes, I was brought out now. Who'd have thought that that little hillbilly boy would have been to Russia preaching the gospel? Who'd have thought that little hillbilly boy would have been to the Arctic Circle and visited the villages that seldom get visited by men? 
Who would have thought that we could have traveled the world preaching the gospel? That's nothing short of a miracle. That's all that is. That's just nothing but a miracle. I had no plans to do that with my life. I had no desire to do anything like that. Let's cause that little word, yes. Pastor Brown, you, growing up, who'd have thought you'd be here in Putnamville being the pastor of a good flock of people here? Just because at some point you said that little word, yes. Let me share something with you today. It all starts from a, from a word, yes, the word yes to Jesus. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here without Christ today, you're going to have to say yes to him in order to say yes to God. You know, I'm a firm believer as he directs our paths. We acknowledge him. If you, I believe if a person believes about God, I think if he I, and, and, and goes forward in that and wants, and wants to know more about God, they may not. I mean, Brother Tony, you and I have been to the mission field. They have the knowledge of God in their heart. That's factory installed. We come, we come from our mother knowing that there's a su supreme being somewhere. We, we don't know this is the Bible of, that he wrote for us. We, may, we don't know that, it, that Jesus Christ is his son. We don't know any of that. But we are yearning to know more about a supernatural creator. And I believe if we follow that and, and we continue in that way, he will make us cross the path of someone who can tell us that Jesus is his son and what he has done for us. You cross a narrow path. Matthew chapter number 7 said it's a narrow path. Bunches of paths out there trying to get to God. Oh, many ways to get to God. Yes, many ways to get to God. The only problem with that, that's not scriptural. And this is God's book, so we, we better follow God's recipe. He's the one that's, the one that's baking this thing, and if we're going to turn out right, we're going to have to follow his recipe. And he said, Jesus is the way. That's a narrow path when you consider all the rest of them. There's a broad road there in Master, uh, Matthew chapter number 7 that the majority of the world is just going to continue to go down. Why? Because the path with Jesus is too narrow. You listen and listen real good. And I don't have to tell the majority of you this because he's at work in your life right now. But nobody ever went to heaven that didn't say yes to Jesus forgiving their sins. Nobody ever went there. Nobody ever escaped hell that didn't acknowledge Jesus Christ, accepting him, making him a part of their heart and their life, asking for the forgiveness of sin that he can bring. Jesus lived 33 years. He lived it out. He lived the perfect life that, that heaven requires. I mean, he lived it to a T. Jesus could not sin. He was divine. He never, he was tempted to sin, but he didn't have that lustful craving in his inner spirit. Now, he had the flesh to contend with because he was all man, but he did not have the capacity to yield to the lust of the flesh. He couldn't do it. It was not possible. God would not have sent him here to go to the cross with the risk of him failing. No. That's why he was the father of Jesus and he made sure of that. Jesus lived it out perfectly because he was God as well as flesh. And he lived that perfect life that heaven requires. And if you will take that perfect life as your own, It'll belong to you. Confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart in the works of Christ that God has raised him from the dead. 
says, Thou shalt be saved. Do you have Jesus? Answer that to yourself. Do I have Jesus? Have I said yes to Jesus? Now, there may be those here today that have said yes to Jesus, but there are things in your life you've been saying no to God on. And to those who have those issues, the altar is open as well. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Musicians, you come take your place. Pastor, I'll take just a short portion of the invitation. And then it'll be yours. Father, thank you for giving us the option to say yes. Thank you for letting us acknowledge you. Father, I pray that you'd move greatly in the lives of the folks who have heard the message this morning. Lord, there are people here that are deciding who knows what. They're all important issues because you need to direct our paths. Lord, those who need to come and use this altar, Lord, may they feel free to do that. And Lord, if there's one here without Christ, if they've never said yes to him, I pray that you bring them to the altar in Jesus' name. No one's head to raise and eyes to open. If you want to come to the altar even before they start playing the music, why don't you just come right now? Just come on. Just come on. Say yes to the Lord. It's that little word, yes. It's that simple. Won't you come? Come on. People are coming. They're obeying the Lord. The Lord's speaking to you this morning. Won't you say yes? Won't you come on? waiting for somebody else to come so you wouldn't be the only one. There are folks at the altar already. Why don't you come? The message was for all of us today. It wasn't just for you. It's for the person next to you. But it was for you. God speaking to you. Maybe you'd say this morning, preacher, I'm one of those people that never said yes to Jesus. I believe about God, but I've I've never said yes to Jesus Christ and Him forgiving me of my sins and me accepting that perfect life of His. I've never done that. Here's my hand. Would you slip it up and put it right back down? I'll, I'll just remember that your hand was raised. That's all. I'll pray for you. You're concerned about your eternal destiny. You slip your hand up. Father, I thank you for the folks who are praying at the altar. Lord, as we continue the invitation with a song, I pray that you'd move in a special way, Lord, in the lives of your children here. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand to our feet. That's about nice or close. God has spoke to your heart this morning. I encourage you to come. There's folks at the altar now. And Lord dealt with you about situation right now as the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to your heart the Bible says harden not your heart each time the Holy Spirit deals with you and you, you, don't, you don't obey you harden your heart don't you come as God has spoken God spoke to you about, dealt with you about your salvation. You don't know for sure. You can share from God's word how you can know for sure heaven's your home. Maybe it's God, God has dealt with you about surrender. God, I'm here. I, I want to be used. Here am I. Send me.
me give you a few announcements as our ushers come prepare for our morning offering. I want to remind you of a couple things. On Friday, August the 25th at 6 p.m., uh, Brother Phil and Miss Sue are going to be getting married, and uh, they have extended the invitation to everyone to come. And then afterwards, we're going to have a reception in the fellowship hall, and they want you to come. No gifts, please. They just want you to come and rejoice with them. And then Sunday, August the 27th is our birthday and anniversary fellowship after our PM service. Saturday, September the 9th at 1 p.m., we're going to have a teen activity, and this is going to involve our church members. So if you can help out, uh, we need still need some drivers. We still need uh, some uh, destinations, some stops. So if you could help out with that, please see my wife, Miss Christy, and uh, let her know that you can you would love to help out with that. And then Friday, Saturday, September 15th and 16th is a men's retreat at Hoosier Hills Baptist Camp. I want to encourage all the men to. Uh, get uh, ready to go to that. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Dr. David Gibbs is going to be there, a powerful preacher, and I encourage you men to uh, sign up for that. Uh, want to wish uh, Brother Roger Amos a happy birthday. His birthday is today. You pray for Brother Roger. He broke, fell and broke three ribs the other day, and then his heart's out of rhythm and just uh, not doing so well. So you remember Brother Roger in your prayers. Our mission of the week, uh, Brother Jonathan and Miss Laura Bryan, remember them. Uh, our Deacon of the Week, Brother Travis Ivers. Our Family of the Week, Brother Kirk and Miss Mona Hutchison. And then our Trustee of the Week, Brother Jimmy Clevenger. Brother Jimmy's coming back from a trip, and uh, he should be back either today or tomorrow. You pray for them as they're traveling. All right, that's all the announcements that I have. Brother Peyton, sir, would you please ask a blessing? I pray you're blessed to get more here this offering and help us to have a good day today and we be in your will. Just my prayer. Brother Greg, sir, would you close us in a word first? All right, Father, today